Welcome to this week's sermon from the Willoughby United Methodist Church. There's something about teaching old dogs, new tricks, uh, somewhere in there, but I, I just wanted to turn the fans on, so maybe that will help. You know, they're only like, what, 80 feet above us, but uh, <laughs> that's all right. Well, uh, our scripture reading today is uh, taken out of the Psalms, and um, it's a passage that, in the context of Psalm 78, it's a long psalm. Um, the whole psalm is kind of a, it's a sad. It, it's a, re, it, it's a, a warning that you need to follow God. You need to do what God calls you to do. And then it, he goes on to tell about all of the events in history where the, those who have gone before him didn't always do that and the results of those decisions. And so that's what we're going to be uh, thinking about today. So read it with me, would you please? My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. Three things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. For the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you may be seated. So the theme that um, we've been using over this past year as we're looking forward to our 200th anniversary has been remembering the past and celebrating the future. So I think it's important that both of those happen. I, I, I think that it's very important that we take time to remember the past. Um, someone once said that if we don't understand and abide by the, the past, we will repeat the same mistakes over and over. And that's not what we want to do. That's not what we want to see happen in the church and in our own lives. And so it is important that we remember the past, that we learn those lessons. And so today, this passage out of Psalms, uh, one uh, heading had it titled, Lessons from the Past. And I don't want to, I'm not going to um, expose all of that in this sermon that we find in Psalm 78. Just some gentle reminders for us, and also taking time to celebrate the future. Celebrate the future. Um, I, I love the passage in the New Testament, where it talks about, as it talks about Jesus, and it says that he who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. And, and so I think sometimes uh, we could be easily discouraged when things aren't going as well as we would like for them to go, or, or when, when you're constantly hearing bad news about how bad things are and how difficult uh, things may be in the future. 
I, I think sometimes we tend to center in on those things. I know I do. Instead of being reminded that he who began the good work is it still at work in us, and he will bring it to completion. And so we need to celebrate what lies ahead of us. It, life can't only be what has happened in the past. We need to celebrate what is before us. And so we want to take some time to do that today. So in this passage that, uh, that we find here, um, the psalmist is remembering the past. And Israel has this great past. I mean, the Old Testament, as you read it, these awesome stories. On our Tuesday morning Bible study, we've been doing an Old Testament survey over the last several weeks. And it's been amazing to just reread some of those stories some of those stories that I heard when I was a, uh, a child in Sunday school and some of those stories that I, I read about as I began to read the Bible for myself and some of those stories that I studied in my classwork. Uh, and to go back and look at those again, they're still exciting. They still um, have wonderful lessons in them. And so the psalmist is encouraging um, those who are listening to this um, that they need to remember the past then we're celebrating the future as well. So this is this passage. Okay, I'm going to skip that passage. And here we go. So I want to think about, you know, a little bit of different uh, perspective. Instead of just concentrating on one, I want us to think about both. Remembering the past, celebrating the future. So the psalmist gives us a lesson on remembering what the past was. And then he says to the people, you need to tell this story. You need to share your past that needs to be part of your life together. Uh, there's this great passage that the Israelites, this, the, those who are uh, faithful, uh, practicing Jews of their faith, it's called the Shema. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And the Lord our God is one. You may be familiar with that passage. But as that passage goes on, he says that you need to teach this to your children. And he says, teach it when you're walking along the way. Teach it when you're lying in bed at night. And so the idea is, it's your responsibility as parents and grandparents to teach your children and your grandchildren and to tell them about the things of God, remembering what, what uh, has happened in the past and sharing that with them and making it a regular part of your life. And he says, here's what we share. He says, we share what we have heard. And this may be considered hearsay. And um, you probably don't want to repeat everything that you hear in terms of hearsay because there's a lot of stuff that you hear that is not necessarily true. But things that you've heard about things of the church and the things of ministry and the things that God has done, the things that you just hear people talk about, um, not a day goes by that I don't hear some story of how God has worked in somebody's life. And, and I may not hear it first person. I may hear it, you know, as it comes down to the third person removed. But to be able to hear those stories, it encourages us in our faith. And we need to hear those as well as to share those. The second thing he says that we share what we know from your own personal experience. There's nothing that moves people, including me, more than hearing somebody's personal testimony of, of what they have experienced in their own lives. I remember our, my home pastor years and years and years ago, he was teaching a class on evangelism. 
and uh, one of the things, and, and so there was a, a new convert to Christianity that was in that group and really excited, and, and so he asked that person to share their testimony, and the person, you know, shared their testimony. It wasn't very long, and it was powerful, and the pastor said to them after, after this was over, after he shared his testimony, he goes, so you're saying that that was true? And it kind of befuddled the person. He wasn't expecting that question. And he said, yeah. And he says, well, how do you know that that was true? And now he's really confused and stuck. And the pastor said, because you were there, weren't you? Oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> that happened to me. And that's the thing about personal testimony. We, we share what we know, what God has done in my life. And I think it's important, to be honest with you, that we share not only the really good things, but we share the difficult things as well, because God brings, those, God brings us through them. And sometimes it's those difficult times of, of our life, those trials, those struggles that we go through, that's exactly what another person may need to hear, because they may be going through a similar experience. Paul writes in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in, in verse 2, he says that the God of all comfort, who comforts us in any of our afflictions, in order that we then may comfort others who are going through those same afflictions. And so we share from our own personal testimony, our own personal experience. And then we share what our parents told us, what our parents' testimony was, what our parents had experienced in their lives. We share that because we know that it's true. We know because our parents shared that with us. And what a blessing it is if you've come from a home where your parents shared those things with you, where your parents thought that it was important that you were raised in the church and, and allowed you to be part of Sunday school or, or VBS or whatever experiences you may have had. How blessed you are to have had that experience. And, and to be able to have your parents share their stories that were passed down to them and the things that they experienced in their own life. And so the psalmist says, that this is the things that we share. Well, then he goes on to say, we remember the past in order to prepare for the future. So the past just isn't the past. The past isn't just say, well, that was nice that that happened. The past always prepares us for what's coming ahead. The past is always there to, to work in us, to change us, to transform us in order that we could be used to make a difference in what lies ahead. And, and so again, that, that involves not only the, the, the great times, the mountaintop experiences, but that also includes the going through the valley times of experiences because that makes us stronger. That helps us to rely more on God. It helps us to grow in our faith. And so whatever has happened in our past, we recount that, we share that, but we are also reminded then that it prepares us for what God has in the future. So all that we're going through as a church in these days will be a preparation for what God wants to do in the coming days. And all of that is good. All of that is good. So the future, according to the psalmist here, is the next generation. I think he says at least four times in this brief passage that we read, he refers to the next generation. He refers to them as our children. I love that phrase where he says, and the children who haven't been born yet and even their children. I'm thankful that there's a next generation. And so in, in the church, we always walk this fine line that sometimes can create tension. 
It's always there, no matter what, what, when you were part of the church, as if you were part of the planning 40, 50, 60 years ago, and if you're going to be part of the planning 40, 50, 60 years from now, you're still going to face the same tension. And that is, how do we take care of the folks who are already in the church, care for them, nurture them, disciple them, hear them, and then how do we also have a vision for those who aren't here yet? Those who are in the community who are searching for truth and grace and peace and understanding all of those gifts that God has for us. How, how do we have a vision for them and how do we reach them? How do we provide ministry for them? And oftentimes where the church struggles is when we get out of balance. We get out of balance by the fact that we are so inward focused in just taking care of ourselves that we forget about those who aren't here. Or the other extreme, we are so concerned about being outreaching, about reaching those who aren't here yet, that we fail to take care of those that God has brought here already. So the church always has to live in that balance and finding that place where we can do both. But we always have to have that vision of the next generation. We cannot let that go. So here's what he goes on to say. So what should we tell these next generations? What are the things that we should be saying to them? So the psalmist says that we should tell them of the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. Praiseworthy. What are those deeds? What are those things that God has done that is worthy of offering praise? Well, every morning when I see some of you in the hallway on a Sunday morning or some other time during the week, and I say, how are you doing today? Oftentimes the response is, well, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I heard that this morning from Janet. I'm here. My friends, that is a praiseworthy deed, isn't it? I, I, I remember one time I, uh, I asked somebody how they were doing today, and they said, well, I'm good. And I said, well, it's good to see you. And their response was, it's better to be seen than viewed. It is good to see you today, isn't it? It is a praiseworthy, day, praiseworthy deed that the Lord has given us another day. Another day in which we could see his, his work in us and through us and his work in creation. Um, it, it, we ought to give God praise for the, the things that he does. The second thing that he says, the mighty power of God. What should we tell our children and our grandchildren and the next generation? What, what should be proclaimed in the life of the church and Sunday school and VBS and whatever contents we may have or whatever settings we may have? What should we tell them? The mighty power of God. You know what we are? We are Easter people. You know what Easter is? That God has overcome death. That's pretty powerful. That which is our greatest enemy has been defeated because Jesus was raised from the dead. And so we believe that in a people that will live forever and ever and ever. And death will not be the end. Death is only that door that we pass through to enter into that place that God has prepared for us. And so we are a, we are a people that serve a mighty God. So as we're reading through some of these Old Testament survey stories, we were in the, the exodus or we were in the wilderness part and uh, not very long after they were in the wilderness, the people ran out of water. 
And so they, they murmured and they complained to Moses and Moses went to God and said, what am I supposed to do with these people you have given me? They're ready to kill me. They don't have enough water. They don't have enough food. What are we supposed to do? And so God says to Moses, I want you to gather the leaders and I want you to go before the people and I want you to take your staff and you're going to find this rock before the mountain of God and I want you to strike it with your shepherd's staff and out of it will pour water. And so I remember when I first read that story, I'm thinking, well, that's pretty cool. You know, you're, you're out in the wilderness, there's no water, and now out of a rock comes water. And you could fill your canteen or your water bottle and it will last you for however long. But remember this, that there were 1.6 million people who left Egypt. How do you fill uh, 1.6 million canteens of water out of one rock? You want to talk about a mighty God? He provided food for them every day. That, that day, or that, that morning, there was manna, but that night, he gave them quail. He sent quail that just settled over the camp and fell, and they were dead, easy pickings, enough meat to feed 1.6 million people. Should we have any doubt of a God who can provide our needs? A God who can do that. So we need to tell about the mighty power of God. And then we need to tell the wonders he has done. The wonders he has done. And there needs to be, bless you, there needs to be opportunities for folks to tell those stories. All right. So why should we tell them? So we, we've talked about, you know, um, when do we do that? And then we talked about what we should say. And so the question then is, why do that? Why should we tell them? Here's what the psalmist says. Because God commanded it. <laughs> That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> How many of you as parents face that time when you told your child to do something and they said, why? And your response was, because I told you to. That's it. You just do it. That's sort of what God says. Why should we be telling the, our children and our grandchildren and the next generation, why should we be telling them all these things? Because God commanded us to do that. That we ought never to forget. That's one of the great things about this holiday. We should never forget those who have sacrificed their lives for us. We should never forget that. And God is saying we should never forget what he has done for us. And our children are not gonna know. You know, one of, the, one of the, the sad things that's going on in the church from one perspective, but in another perspective, it's, it's an awesome thing that there are people who are coming into church now who are walking through the doors on Sunday mornings and other occasions. They know nothing about the history of the church or the history of God. They just know that you know, they're going through a difficult time and someone said, have you tried going to church? And so they've tried everything else, so they may show up in church. And, and to have a conversation with some of those folks, it's refreshing. <laughs> it really is because they're, they're just hungering and thirsting for what you want to share with them. They just eat it up. And, and so we need to tell them because God commanded it. 
The second reason, he says, so that they will know that there's a God they can turn to. So that they will know. They can experience it for themselves, he says. That's really, really important. So as I was thinking about this this week, on why we should tell them, why should we, you know, maybe go out of our comfort zone and share a personal testimony with somebody or, you know, tell a story or relate a story of something that happened in the life of the church. Why should we do that? You know, because that's not always easy. That's sometimes it's, it's anxious and, and you're not sure how people are going to respond and you get maybe nervous to do that. Why, would, why should we do that? And so I was thinking about it this week and I'm thinking, because there are people who you work with, people that you live in their neighborhood, people that you encounter and wherever it is that, that you may spend your time. There are people who are facing difficult times. There are people who are struggling to find answers to the questions of life. There are people who are living in, in high anxiety and, and their life is in chaos and they need to find peace and they need to find forgiveness for sins that they've committed. And they need to, to know that someone can take away their guilt and their shame. And where do you find that at? Oh, you find that from God. The God who is the God of peace. And the God who is the God of forgiveness. And the God is the God who wants to chase away anxiety and, and allow you to experience newness of life. And so why should we tell them? Because we have what they're looking for. We can offer them what they need. And we can do that because we experience that ourselves. And then the third reason that he says, so that they can put their trust in God. The next generation can put their trust in God. It's not enough that we have put our trust in God. It is important that we help the next generation to put their trust in God so that they can help the next generation to put their trust in God. So for 200 years, the Willoughby United Methodist Church has been doing that. For 200 years, the Willoughby United Methodist Church that once started out just as a class meeting, became a society, was organized, became a charter local church. For 200 years, they've been telling the story of the mighty acts and the praiseworthy deeds of God. They've been sharing that story because there are people around them that they had a vision for who did not know that, and they need to be told. They need to experience that so that they too can trust. And so a new generation came in who trusted God, and another generation came in that trusted God, and another generation came in that trusted God, and there are still people around here. So when I think about what's going on in Willoughby, think about this with me. When I came here, there was... Um, some activity that went on downtown Willoughby, but not a lot. So I'm thinking about, they built those townhouses. I guess they're over there. <laughs> they built those townhouses over there. And then on North Minor Avenue, all of that development that has gone on over there, and now over here at what used to be part of the technical school, there's going to be more apartments and condos and houses that are going to be going in there. And so that means more and more people have moved into our area. 
God is bringing them to us. They have become our mission field. And many of them young people, many of them young families. Maybe some of them have grown up in the church. Maybe many of them have not. But they still face the same struggles that everybody faces. And we have an opportunity to share the wonderful work of God with them. The God who can bring peace, the God who can bring comfort, and the God who can bring forgiveness, and the God who can bring life. And so my friends, there are great days ahead for us. Great days. As long as we don't lose the vision of remembering what happened in the past and sharing that and celebrating what God wants to do in the future. For God has many things yet to complete among us and in us and through us. If you believe that, would you just say amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If you would like to contact the church for more information or to speak with one of our pastors, please call us at 440-942-9068. Background music for this recording provided by bensound.com.